Last night we led Magic Town. I shouldn't have had that five-layer burrito with taco sauce. What's up, gang? I'm Chase. And I'm Luke. And we are Crooked, Crooked Sticks. Sticks. Welcome back. Episode four. Episode four. We're here. I hope you guys uh hope you guys enjoyed episode three last week. Uh, tuning in and just in listening to you know me kind of share my story and and some of the stuff I went through as a kid and how that shaped me uh, into the man I am today. So today the plan is we're going to share Luke's story. We're going to ask Luke some questions and kind of get the the same gist of of how he grew up, some of the things he battled with, and uh, what shaped and and molded him into the person he is today. So just kind of again. Trading spots, trading hot seats, trading the hot seat, trading the yep. hot seat. So that's the that's the plan. And we just want to say before we get started, uh, to all you listeners out there, all the ones watching on YouTube or Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And thank please you. subscribe, mm. hit the bell, hit that bell, son. And uh, we'll just keep creating content for you guys because we love it on this end of it and. Um, hopefully you guys are really enjoying it on uh, the listening side. So we do appreciate the support. Yeah, it's been super cool, actually. I'll, I'll just add this. It's been really cool to get people's feedback. Um, we've got some text messages over the last few weeks. And yep. uh, shout out Ofti and uh, Off some, of, some of the other people just reaching out and, and being like, hey, I, I appreciate you guys being vulnerable and, uh, you know, relate relating to us you know relating to people uh and just meeting us where we're at and talking real life stuff and kind of the struggles you've dealt with and blah 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 so that's what it's all about man that's that's the whole reason we wanted to do this so it's super cool to hear that um and it's it's just super encouraging you know and it it makes us want to keep going so we appreciate those texts and those messages it really does and i i think that's the ideal group of people like us hmm. you know whether they went through something uh in their past or are currently uh digging into their faith or whatever they have going on the the daily struggles uh with faith or not um as a dad hmm. as a man as an adult uh just all of it is relatable so uh we're just hoping that the people can um can really get something out of what we're putting together here. We should bring our wives on at some point. Get the woman perspective going. Yeah. A little bit. Reach the women, you know. Reach the women. Reach all you ladies out there tuning in. We'll, we'll do something like I'll interview Jess and then yeah. you interview Liz. <laughs> yeah, you won't get the same answer <laughs> if I do it. Oh, shoot. All well, right. good. Okay, so we're going to dive into it. Um I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to, again, do the same thing Luke did last week and share some of my own narrative about Luke's life and kind of how I saw it. Now, again, Luke mentioned last week growing up, we met in like first grade. Yeah. They moved to the area. I was that little fat, weird kid that came up and was like, can you be my friend? And uh, that's where it's been ever since, man. We've been, we've been good, good buddies and uh, like family, like brothers. So, um, but no, growing up, I, you know, again, we, we spent the majority of our time uh, together at each other's homes and got to know our families, each other's families very well. Um, how I would describe Luke's home life is I would describe it as super chill and also chaotic. 
a little bit like kind of just like kind of madness you know what i mean like it was it was always super chill his mom is like such a his mom's a vibe renee's just a vibe down she's, to earth. she's so down awesome. to earth so chill um steve was very much the same way um around me at least or when i was there uh and and it was always fun to to hang out with adam and him and and you know rip around on dirt bikes or snowmobiles or whatever we were doing um and there was always i feel like a lot of laughter i feel like there was always laughter within your home um we were always cracking jokes and then on the flip side it's like the the typical sibling fights that would break out between like you adam and ali and and just that like all the slamming time. doors and people adam being like what the heck dude you know and just like <laughs> random random little stuff that i didn't really get to experience because i'm a not an only child, but my siblings are, you know, 17 years older than me. Right. So I just didn't have that. My my siblings were out of the home when I was coming up, you know. So yeah. I always thought that was such a cool experience to be a part of that because it kind of made me feel like I was in it, you know. Yeah. Um. But, no, that's how I would describe it. I would describe it as a, a very chill, welcoming atmosphere. Um you know, they treated me like family, which I really, really appreciated. They were always willing to help me out and, and, Hey, do you need a ride? Do you need this? Do you need that? You know, whatever. And, and let me tag along whenever. And that was always cool. Um, but again, I don't, I don't necessarily know the behind the closed doors to yeah. some people's lives. Like, like, you know, um, Luke happened to be a part of my closed door situation every once in a while, but um, I don't necessarily know all that. Um, but yeah, man, so I'm going to, I'm going to pass it to you now. And just based on what I've just said, does that seem like it hits the nail on the head or is it, is there, are there things I'm missing that kind of happen behind the scenes? Yeah, no, I mean, it was, it's pretty similar to that actually growing up. And my dad was a very relaxed, chill person. Uh, and he, he was a manager of some Burger Kings around the area bk have it your way you know what i'm BK, saying bk shout out bk um but he was always willing to play with us uh always willing to throw the ball uh and and just hang out watch tv with us things like that and he was around uh same with my mom she was very relaxed uh calmest person yeah it's kind of like sue where like you have three kids in a house and we're banshees you know yeah. i mean you're just on top of each other she never really, it seems, to raise her voice. And if she'd get mad, you wouldn't really see it. So yeah, for uh, sure. kudos to her on that oh, yeah. of being able to hold it. Because I have the two kids at home, and it's just like... Pure chaos. <laughs> pure chaos. Like, yeah. you could flip up the switch, and you can start yelling at those little guys. But, um, but yeah, growing up, it was, it was fairly easy. Um, but in sixth grade, my dad did have a massive stroke. And I've mentioned this before. And our life yeah. dynamic changed. Yeah. And so after the stroke had happened, uh, we ended up starting to lose the house. We had to move. We uh, rented a small town home for a couple of years. I ran around with Chase and all the friends, little Mikey, Dustin, all that. We'd bike around town all the time. And after a while... I think it became a problem where we had to move with my aunt and uncle down in Texas. Finances. Just because finances. Yeah. There was a time where, you know, my mom tried and tried and tried, 
and it just became a thing of having three kids. Right. Life gets expensive, and it's hard. It's hard. Um, So freshman after freshman year of high school, we packed up the van and drove down to Texas. Mm. And so as we talk about, in a couple episodes ago, we talked about seasons of your life. Yeah. And I kind of structure this like season one, of course, and season two to where Texas, it was great. I mean, had a lot of fun. But that's kind of where the different Luke started to form itself. I'm just going to add, season one broke my heart. Yeah. (laughs) When you had to leave, man, I was like devastated. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was so hard. It was like a brother. It was literally like a brother moving away. And I, I felt like it was like when Max Benner, shout out Max Benner. Do you remember Max Benner? Max Benner. Dude, Max Benner was, he was, dude, that was another, that was another buddy of mine that I'm like, no. When, it, when, when did he, he move leave, away? I mean, it had to be like, fifth, it was, sixth, it was when we were grade, young. Right? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was when we were young, but that was another guy that was at our house constantly, constantly. all the time. We were always hanging out, playing football, doing whatever. Um, and, and when he left, it was the same thing, just devastation. Yeah. You know, because that relationship, usually those relationships just don't hold up. Right. They're off doing their own thing, especially that young, right? And I still talk to Max every once in a while. Shout out Max again. Uh, but but you and I kept in touch and, and that sort of thing. But that was tough, man. Anyways, back to season two. Yeah. Yeah. Max and, of course, at his house, we played football on his birthday and I broke my arm there. DH. Shout out, out DH. DH. Um he tackled me and I broke my arm at Max Benner's and I think it was mm. the summer after that he had moved away or something. But, um, so season two, moving to Texas, uh, this is where, uh, moving across the country is very uncomfortable. Mm, you I know, we knew that my aunt and uncle's house, they had a pool, they lived on a lake. I mean, it was the place when we, when we went to Texas on vacations, that was the place we wanted to be. Yeah. You know, it was like a, it was the true where we wanted to vacation. You knew it would be, it would be fun Yeah, to be there. It's just hard. Yeah. yeah. Which is awesome. You, you all of a sudden go from, you know, the situation we were in to living in a house with a pool and a lake. I mean, there's just. Can't beat it. Can't beat it. Yeah. Um, but of course, starting in a new high school, uh, trying to make friends, you sound completely different than everybody. <laughs> the, yeah. The the funniest thing was they had always have me say coach, poop, um, what's some other ones? Cow, you know, the terms I with think, the O's. I in think the you remember I remember them making fun of you too about like what you would call a Coke or like oh, a yeah. drink. Like you would just be like, Oh, I'll take a I'll they take call a Pepsi everything and they're coke. like, No, Coke. Like, yeah. no, it's a Coke. What are you talking you know? And then what was the other one I remember them saying? Uh like like throw me the ball they'd say chunk it yeah chunk it chunk yep. it like hey chunk me the ball and it's chunk like what are you talking about <laughs> chunk is like in some dookie son like exactly what, like, what are you so talking about it it's different moving into a place where uh you're just the odd man out yeah uh it happened to become a really cool thing because yeah. everybody called me wisconsin you know cheesehead uh and it was just it it turned into the the friends group of that's what my nickname yeah, was heck yeah you know, and uh, as time went on in Texas, I ended up uh, it, experimenting, I guess, balled into this having to sit down with the head coach of the football team with my mom in the room because I failed a drug test. Uh, and this happened multiple times. Yeah. 
So you can just see where my path was going as uh, as we went on, and um, and that's whether like, it was that's like church, football is like church yeah. in Texas. Yeah, like you don't mess with church. All right, you don't. You come up, you show up, you do your best, you wear your best. You know, yeah. you, you put on a show, man. I feel like that they they hold that to a very high standard. And us in our friends group, I mean, some of the guys, shout out Bezo and Nolan and all them, and. Uh, they were they were great friends. I mean, love them to death, but we partied hard, oh. and it was just like I'd looking back on it, seventeen, eighteen. When my kids are seventeen and eighteen, I sure hope they weren't <laughs> doing the things I'm doing. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, yeah. it's it's one of those things, and uh, the hardest part is over the weekend, kind of flipping to current now. Over the weekend. Liz and I went to go see uh, The Blind, which is Phil Robertson's from Duck Dynasty's movie. Sure. And it was about his life and about how alcohol took him over. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, he had talked about that was the devil. Yeah. That was the devil taking over me. Yep. With the alcohol, how he acted. Yeah. And you just think about when I was in high school, all the influences you had – that were probably the devil, right? You know, pulling you in, right? Trying to pull you even away though, from what you know, what you know is right. Yeah, yep. and even though the, um, even though I was the nicest guy, I never missed a day at work at Taco Bell. Taco you Bell, you know, yeah, Crunch Wrap, son. <laughs> I would walk in there. Shout out Crunch Wrap. Shout out Crunch Wrap. Five layer burrito. Ooh, five layer burrito dipped in the grease. Last night Make we let the butt cheeks talk. <laughs> 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 so random. Uh, but I was a really good human being. You know, my mom raised me right. Yeah. I was down there in high school. I treated everybody right. I was never hopefully mean to anyone. Uh, but we just liked to have fun. And unfortunately, some of that got to me where it, it ended up becoming a problem. Right. You know, and, and luckily for me, I'm, I was able to get out of it. Yep. But I've had friends that are still stuck in that that roundabout way of being on drugs and drinking alcohol all the time. Um, So after high school, I moved down to Austin, Texas. And so me and a couple buddies had an apartment down there. This had to be one of the lowest points in my life. Yeah. And you've witnessed because you. I was there. I came and visited. This was, this was when this transition with Luke was when Jess and I split. So we talked about that in the last episode. So Jess and I split. I basically said, screw it. I'm going on a road trip, hopped in with Wells and we came down, you know, and, and hung out for a a week or something or. Yeah. It was a long weekend at least. Yep. And so we partied all weekend long, but the whole story behind Austin, Texas, uh, I had driven down there at the time was an 85 Camaro that I drove throughout high school. White. White with black, like Sexy. racing stripes. It was a nice car. It was great. It was fast. Uh, I decided to trade it for a different car. So I got a 2005 Sebring, I believe. Terrible trade. And <laughs> well, <laughs> it worked that. really well <laughs> for a little bit. And so at the time I was working at Nordstrom, which was across the city. And I was stocking women's shoes. Not going to school at the time. 18 years old. Wanted to go to school. Wanted to go to school. Yeah. Just didn't get in at the time. Had to pay rent. It was the community college rather than UT. 
but the the Sebring timing belt snapped on me, and I had no money on me at this point. Yeah. So it got towed to the shop. The shop called me. He goes, you're going to have to put a new engine in this thing. And I'm like, right. what do you do? You I'm like, sell, you, you sell your body. <laughs> He's like, you owe 500 bucks. <laughs> no. yeah. I mean, I guess it wouldn't <laughs> cross my mind at the time. But um, but at this moment, he, he said, you owe me 500 bucks for diagnosing this. And I'm like, I don't have $500. I do not. I was like, you can have the car. And he goes, all right, bring me the title. So he took the car. I gave him the title. And at that point, I'm carless. Yep. I just went from having an 85 Camaro that ran perfect yep. to now not having a car. And right. my work is 30 minutes on the other cross, across the city. Which is actually like an hour because I have drove that. Yeah. And it was terrible in traffic. Austin traffic Brutal. Sucks. It's Brutal. absolutely horrible. So at that point, uh, luckily in Texas, winters aren't that bad. But I start getting a, in a bus routine. I'm up at like 4.30 in the morning to catch the bus. I had to catch two buses to get across town Yeah. to get to work at 7 a.m. And it was just, that had to go on for, I don't know, four or five months. And at the time, we were still partying. We were still going going hard. And it just, it it hit that level of enough's enough. Yeah. You know, there was, there was starting to be tension in the friends group and there was starting to be, uh, a little more to us growing up and kind of, I don't know, turning against each other in a way because we were all so stressed out. Maybe some realizations, realizations, mature maturity on someone's part, but maybe not everyone's part. Yeah. Things of that nature. Yeah. I get that. And I think we were just getting too drunk at the time to really realize what we were doing yeah at the time and so you and i had started chatting and bless your guys's hearts more More than what we already had you know ben for sure because we kind of fell out a little bit not like not like a ton but yeah we talked we didn't talk we maybe talked like once a month or once every two months or but there had to be i mean we had to talk for a couple months before you came down yeah. Oh, yeah. And at one point, I'm just like, I think this is it. I think I need to get out of here. Yeah. And so Chase and his dad, Rick, drove from Wisconsin to Austin, Texas, which I know to Dallas is like 16 hours. So you add another three onto that, three right. to four. Yep. So we're talking 20 hours round trip that Chase and his dad came down, and we filled the car as full as we could. Yep. Left whatever was left in the apartment. Yep uh and and packed it up hit the road hit the road i mean we turned and burned quick yeah i think very quick i don't even know did we spend the night no i think we literally drove all the way through at night left the left that morning drove all the way through got there the next morning packed your stuff and drove all the way back through yeah I think we did that. I do too, because I remember driving through the night, and we stopped and had breakfast. Right. And your dad was like, "I don't know how you did that, man. You just drove all night. Like right. I didn't expect you to do that." Right. So we literally did not stop. Yeah, it was. There wasn't it was any crazy. hotels. Forty hours straight of driving. Yeah. Oh. And so I mean, looking at that point, you guys and your friendship 
was leading me to the next chapter. Sure. The next season. Chapter three. Chapter three. Season three. Back to Wisconsin. So there's about five, five or six chapters, like main oh chapters. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Strap, strap in, guys. <laughs> We're just getting started. The the next few are a little shorter than that. I yep. mean, that is the the bulk of uh the bulk of the devil. Let's just say that. Let's call it that because And I and I think, yeah, I think when we came down, because like Wells and I came down twice maybe yeah and i think i think we were starting to catch you like the first time we came down you were kind of like mellowing out i feel like a little bit mm-hmm. as far as partying goes you were i think you were senior year or it was just after senior year and we really didn't i mean we just kind of hung out and yeah played football and whatever like hacky sack and you know yes. whatever with nolan and stuff and it was pretty mellow and then when we came down the second time we did party, you know, we mm-hmm. partied a little bit and, um, but still even then it wasn't crazy. Yeah. But I think, again, I think you were at a point at that point when we came down, you were starting to feel those feelings of like, man, I need to stop doing this. Yes. Anyways. So Chasen, his dad, Rick hadn't drove all the way down, picked me up. It was time for me to make a change. I started realizing that and it was just, it, it was the perfect timing. So the next few years, I was living with Chase, Sue. I think Rick was in there as well. A little bit, in and out. For yeah. a short time. Uh, and then we eventually moved to the other house right down the road where you, Jess, and I Rented had the shared the basement. from my mom. Yep. 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 And at that point, we were turning 21 uh derek was over all the time we yeah. were still drinking yeah derek basically was should have paid rent you know yeah I mean? yeah derek was eating all shout out wells he was eating all our groceries and yeah breaking cupboards when he was drunk and like whatever it was oh just he did headbutt that cupboard that one time he did but at that point the drinking hadn't stopped let's just make that clear uh it wasn't as crazy as it was in austin right it was more subtle it was more in private that a yep. small group of we friends. We just hang out at home, invite some people over. And at this yep. point, you don't drink. Um, right. Throughout this whole story, Chase doesn't drink. Not I mean, a drop. That's, yep. that is that is how it went, and we were completely content with that because he's just as fun. You know, right. I'm not not saying drinking should be why you become fun, but but there are people that do that. Yeah, there's people that gotta have a drink to loosen up. Yeah, and, and not not saying that's wrong, but it's. It's just not my style. Right. I can be funny. I can be who I am and not not really care what anybody not thinks drink. when I'm sober. Yeah. It's just how I am. And so as time went on, we, we went to school, uh, t- two-year degree, and then I decided that my buddy in Utah that I had met in Texas, he lived out there with his family. I was going to go out there for a summer. Yep. And I think that was kind of the turning point of – uh another another season but this one kind of wraps into iowa as well yeah so i spent a summer out at utah and then buddy dh shout out dh again uh lived in des moines iowa and he invited me to go down there for a couple years and so while in iowa him i his brother uh they started a detailing company worked for them for some time we ended up making it a dealership and and just working together for a few years we had a blast uh 
and at this point still didn't really go to church, didn't have a close relationship with God. Right. Met my wife at a bar. Shout out, Liz. Shout out, Liz. Uh, definitely got lucky meeting her at the bar because she is one person that you probably would have never not, met not, at a bar a in bar a million girl. years. Not really a bar girl. Yeah, it was just a very small window of her life, so it was just meant to be, I guess. But mm. met her. Fate. We did. Uh, we went long distance relationship for like a year and a half. Yeah, four hours away. Yep. And I would drive every other weekend, and yep. she would drive every other weekend. And so after a year and a half of doing long distance, uh, my dad ended up passing away. And I was still in Iowa at the time. And this was the turning point where I decided that family means more than anything in this time in my life. So I made the decision to move home. And I moved directly in with Liz. And we ended up, you know, dealing, dealing with the grieving of my dad dying, which was pretty hard. I took yeah. it, I took it hard, but it was hard in private. Yep, yep. Um, it was one of those things where, like we said last time, you just want to call them. You just, mm-hmm. you wonder where they went. You know, right, right? And it's tough. It's very tough. But talking about the next season, and I'll save this because this is kind of the testimony part. Sure. Okay, so. We're on like season five. We're on like season five. Yeah. There's it there's a lot of seasons here, which is great because it's it's all growing. You're seeing God's God's hands at work in your life. Which yeah. even though you might not have seen it, you I people like myself, I could see it, you know, right. which is super cool um from the outside looking in. So okay, so now Papa Steve has passed away. Mm-hmm you kind of take a different view on life as far as, all right, I need to chill out. I need to kind of rein it in a little bit. Family means everything to me. I'm kind of putting my priorities in the wrong spot. You know, I got to shuffle things around. And so you moved back up here yep, from Iowa, moved in with Liz. And what happens next? Moving in with Liz was literally the the change that needed to happen. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Um, and it was part of the reason I moved home, but the other part is that I wanted to be closer to family. Uh. My sister lives close. My mom lives close. Um, and it was just one of those things where right now I spend a lot of time with those two. Yeah. And their families. Yep. You know, my sister has a full family. Adam's still down in Dallas. Shout out Allie. Shout out Allie and Adam. And Adam. Uh, but, you know, right now in my life, like, I'm going over there for lunch break two to three times a week. So, yeah, that's super cool. Um, why I moved here, uh, that's, that's kind of why. And so moving into, like, the testimony phase. And I'm going to ask this quick. When, when you moved in with Liz, did she try to change you? Would you say she tried to change you? No. That's no. when you know you got a good one. Yeah. No, when, just, we, when you just change because you want to change being with that person. Right. That's and the huge, influence. man. Oh, that's so cool. And there's other people. I mean, we'll get into it, but her whole family is very influential in the in the way of 
um, where, how I've become. Yeah. You know, who I've become. Yep. I feel The relationship that. with God. I feel that 100%. Um, when I moved back, before we got married, before we had kids, Liz and I still went out. I mean, we went out to uh, restaurants, sometimes to the bar scene. Yep. Um, so it's not like it just shut yeah, off. Just shut the off. spigot right, didn't shut right. off. But um, we were together. We uh, realized that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. Uh, ended up getting married. Uh, but the true testimony part through all this uh, really was when we started going to church again. And it was uh, Liz's dad, Neil, and his wife, Chris. Shout out Neil and Chris. Shout out Neil and Chris. To you guys. Um, they were a huge influence on my upbringing to, to God as well. Yeah. And so we started going to church, and it was a moment. It was we were going up to get uh, communion. And they don't do, they maybe do communion at our church probably like once a month. Yep. Okay. It's not that yep. often, but I was standing in line there, and the music was just hitting right, you know? Mm. And it almost made me want to like break down in tears. And that's a good feeling that I could just. I was like, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is the moment in my life where things change. Yeah. The relationship begins. And ever since then, I've I've really felt it. You know, I could do more on my personal side of reading the Bible. I could do more about finding a uh, more time to be in a community at a church. Uh, but that was the moment. That was the turning point that I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. This is where yeah. I want to be. And this is the relationship I want to have with God. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so when you decided that, what are, what are some things that you could, t- like, I feel like people can notice changes in their life. Yeah. Changes in behavior, changes in things where there's certain things that you were like, man, like I can just tell I'm different in these areas of my life than I used to be. You know, mm-hmm. once once you accepted Jesus, what, did did you have any that you would say changes, um, like just mindset or kind of view on different things, priority, all that? Yeah, I mean that's a very good question, and uh, a lot of I wouldn't say really giving my life to God and like building that relationship changes, but it's it's when I became a parent. Mm. Yeah. Is really when I noticed those massive changes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether it was kind of like we talked about on your end of there was 25 times you'd ask to go do something and you just didn't right. do it. You right. Know? You yeah. were you were deep and dookie. <laughs> but, <laughs> Elbow, I mean, deep. <laughs> Elbow deep. deep, son. But I mean, I think that is really the turning point of when we got married uh, and and when we started having kids is when I saw the biggest changes. Got it. Okay. Because as an adult, when you start having kids, there's more than just yourself you're worried about now. Right. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, when you have a wife, but, you know, they can fend for themselves. If they <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> if they well, really needed sure. to. For sure they could. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, once you bring kids into the world, it's a whole different ball game. It is. 100%. And I think that was the biggest thing to change me because I want to be a good influence on my kids. Right. I want to make sure I'm doing life right on my end so they see that. Yeah. And not only if they see it or not, you still need to be a respectable person. 
you need to be able to mm. um, be able to take care of your family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think I personally struggle with that because, once again, I put it all on my back. Yeah. And something I really need to work on in the current times is to release some of that to God. Yeah, the backpack. The backpack. Unpack the backpack. Yeah. Yeah. And I struggle with that on a daily sure. basis. And I think a lot of people do. Yep. Because it, it's one of those things where it's always going to be hard. So I guess to continue on talking about current, let's talk about current for a little bit. And and as of right now, me and my family are still searching for the right church. Yeah. And I want to mention this to everybody of it's okay to be in that limbo stage. Right. It's okay, no matter if it's looking for a church, no matter if it's looking for a job, no matter if it's uh, literally anything, you really just got to keep moving, keep trying different things, uh, even though you feel like you might be failing at it. Yep. You just got to keep moving, and you'll see the success in it. But as of right now, current, we're still looking for a church that we feel we can build community in. Us too. Yeah, we're in the same boat. And that's the hardest thing. I mean, we've yep. tried five or six churches in the last, I don't know, six months. And it just doesn't, I, I feel like we're going to have to give it like a month or two each sure. and start meeting people, but we haven't taken the step to do that. Yeah. So I want to make it known that it is okay to be in that limbo stage. Nope. And church, going off of that, church is the body of Christ. It's the people. It's not the building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like Luke and I doing this every week, this, I mean, in a sense, this could be a church to us. Yeah. This could, this could substitute as church to us. Us talking about God, encouraging one another to get in the word, challenging one another as believers. This is what church was meant to be. For sure. You know what I mean? Our society has taken the idea of church and kind of manipulated it into something it was never meant to be. It was never meant to be coffee shops and book sales and, you know, these huge extravagant things and, you know, whatever. It's meant to be people that love Jesus coming together, encouraging one another, learning together, doing life together. Right. That's that's what church is. So, again, I agree with that. I agree. Take your time. Find the right community of people that you want to be a part of and, and do that life with, you know, yep. do this life with. <laughs> Um, cause that's important and we're kind of in that limbo stage too. Yeah. It's tough. And another point is, you know, you look at, so my wife and I are doing the read the Bible in a whole year thing. Oh, cool. And right now we're in the story of Job and how that book begins is Satan is talking to God and is like, who's a guy? And God pretty much says, Job. The only thing you cannot do to Job is kill him. Mm. And God lets it happen. Do whatever you want. Do, do whatever, whatever else you, want. you want. Yep. And so throughout the story, Job is just struggling. Yeah. Struggling. Rough shape. Rough shape. And you just look at that as there's sometimes in your life the devil will get a hold of you or yeah. try to. Yep. There's going to be things in your life that influence you the wrong way. Yep. And just to know and try to decipher what's what's good and what's bad. Right. Uh, you know, you go back to the high school days. 
you know, I was influenced by alcohol and drugs. Yep. And I fell for it. Yep. I went in full force, made some terrible choices, mm. got in some trouble. And there really wasn't anyone to tell me because my mom had no idea. Right. My family had no idea. Right. There was there was no one to tell me it was it was wrong. Right. There was no one. Of course, like the drug test, failing the drug test, like I said. Right. It catches of course, up. my it catches mom's going to say, don't do that. Right, right. You know, but the other stuff we did, it was just it was just hanging on tight. The devil was dangling, dangling the cherries in front of you. Yeah. And you you're <laughs> sitting yep. there eating them. Right. You know. Right. So, I mean, just going through life and being careful of that. Luckily, now, as an adult... Drugs and alcohol is not a problem for me. Right. But for many, it is. Yep. You know? And so no matter how old you are, there's always time to change. Always time. Break the cycle. Break the cycle. And we're not, again, I want to also emphasize, we are not telling you not to drink. Right? We're not saying, we're not saying like, oh, that's sinful. You can, you can have a drink. It's when you start abusing it. Right. And when it starts affecting your life negatively and it affects the people around you, you know what I'm saying? Like we still go out and have drinks. We're not saying we're, we're not saying we're clean. We're just saying we're, we're mindful now of the impact that that had on our lives. And we choose not to let that happen again. Exactly. We're, we're in, we're now in control of what used to be a problem for us. Yeah. And what, what was an out of control situation for us we have now taken control of right that's what we're saying yeah exactly and you you put me on a golf course i might drink a few white claws you know maybe a few <laughs> I mean, right yeah yeah it's it's just what it, that's how life goes but shout out malibu sprite yeah shout out malibu. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be able to tell when it's a problem for you uh and at that time in my life i could not tell right and you're young. It's hard when you're young. Yeah. It's hard when you're young to, because to, to, you don't really care. You're not looking at life from that lens. Right. You're looking at it totally different. And, and it's kind of the, you know, when you're younger, it's very much a selfish, what's going to benefit me now mindset. Yeah. Where when you're older, it's kind of like, whoa, how is this going to, how is this going to affect me in the future? Yes. How is this going to affect the people around me? How is this going to affect my family? How is this going to, how am I going to look to my kids? Like, you're taking on way more different perspectives than just a, I don't really care about anybody else. How's this, how, is it benefiting me? Cool, I'm going to do it. You, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it's drastically different as you get older, I feel like. Definitely. And no matter what age you are either, we're going into our right. 30s. I mean, this all this all went down upper 20s for me. You know, very, very young for you, you started to realize, you know, alcohol might have been a problem with yeah. in your family and you decided not to go for it. But you could be sitting there 40, 50, 60 years old and still running into this issue. It's never too late. Right. Uh, right. To really to I mean, look really at my talk dad. about it. Yeah, look at my dad. I mean, a guy that drank since he was 12 years old or 11 years old and, and finally just got sober, what, 10 years ago? Yeah. And he's in his 60s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's a long time, man, that, that an addiction has a grip on you. Oh, for but, sure. But to be able to break it, that's huge. I mean, there's always time. Always and it's time. and and we're talking about. I mean, in our lives, alcohol was a big point, but 
there might be something else that's not alcohol that's affecting your life. Uh, So just taking the same steps on on fixing whatever it is, whatever that crutch is in your life, um, it doesn't matter the age. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Uh, And it goes back to what you said about your dad. Like, he realized he can't do it alone. Right. Right. He just couldn't. Yep. And that is, it's funny, we talked about that last week, but this Phil Robertson movie. Yep. It was the same exact thing. Right. He realized he could not do it on his own. Heck yeah, man. That's cool. And he went through the steps, talked to the pastor. Yep. uh, And ended up, of course, look at them now. You know, owning a multi-million dollar business. Right. All three sons, it sounds like, are involved. They had a TV show. So it's never too late to, you know, fix your family or uh, be that influence you can on somebody. Right. And I think one of the, as we close out here, that's my testimony. And I hope I answered all the questions. I think you did, yeah. We kind of went through the storyline. Yep. When it happened for me. Uh, and just know that in my life as well, it's not all flowers and sunshine. Mm. Even though that happened and I have a relationship with God, like we talked about, different kind of seasons, but you go through seasons. Yep. And the world's jacked up. The world's jacked Every, up. Everyone's broken. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Daily. But just doing those things on a daily basis to try to be better. Yep. Be one step better every single day. And Find sometimes ways. you'll fall back. Yep. Find ways to grow. Take it on the chin. If you screw up, just take it on the chin. Learn from it. Push forward. Yeah. Push forward. I will say, I'm going to I'm gonna also add this as we, as we land the plane here. Um... One thing that has kind of hit me is recently, because we talked last week and I said, man, I really hate sharing my story. I hate sharing about my life and kind of the stuff I dealt with, right? Well, part of that is because of the emotions. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to bring it up. You don't want to relive it in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, and the other the other side of it too is like, sometimes it's embarrassing. You know, it's it's like, man, I this happened to me, I did this, my family was like that, whatever. It's a way to relate. Um, It's a way to uplift, encourage others, you know, so use it, use it for that. You know, different experiences you went through, said it last week, use that to be a light for someone else and share that. Um, And I think so often, you know, you hear people like, oh, keep going forward, never look back, right? Just keep going forward. Don't don't think about your past because that's old news. You're on this track and you're going forward. Don't even pay attention. Don't look in that rearview mirror. Sometimes it's okay to look back. Yeah. Right? Like I was talking to my brother tonight. He shot me a note. Shout out, Brandon. And he's like, dude, I listened to your, your testimonies, you know, video episode three. And he's like, man, that was cool. Like that, that really made me think about some of the stuff I dealt with, you know, whatever. And some of my addictions now and this and that. And you know, I was able to say, dude, look how far you've come, though. Because it was kind of like, I almost took it like maybe he was kind of beating himself up yeah. a little bit. Like, man, I'm still struggling with this, and i got to get this right. And and I'm like, yeah, but look how far you came. In those moments where you're doubting yourself, and you're like, man, i got so much work to do. i got so much farther to go. Take a look. It's okay to look back. Yeah. Look back in that rearview mirror and go, 
wow, look, look where God brought me though. You know what I mean? It's anything. Weight gain. You know what I mean? I'm 260 pounds. Guess where I was though? I'm not happy with where I'm at now, but I was almost 300. Yeah. I'm doing a heck of a lot better than I was, you know, or I was getting tanked every weekend. Now I'm not. I drink once every month probably. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but man, look how far we've come. That's exactly right. Like that's cool. And, and those are the times also that you look back and you can see God's hand in your life. You know, yep. like you can see the work he was doing the whole time. You don't notice it when you're in the moment, mm -hmm. you know, but when you take a look back, you see how far he's brought you. You see how much you've grown. You see the changes and it, it's encouraging, yep. you know, it's super encouraging. So do that. I encourage you to do that every once in a while. And I feel like on my, in my current day, I struggle with that a lot because it's like, am I where I want to be now? Right. But then I look back 10 years. Right. You know, and you look, you can see if you grow the same you did in the last 10 years. Right. For most people, 10 years from now, you're going to do the same thing. But I'm just saying for those of you that get really hard on yourselves and you have that drive to do better and to, to be better and to continue mm -hmm. growing, don't get down on yourself, man. Keep looking, keep glancing back a little bit and, and just look at where you've come, that's you know, where, where you've come from, because that's huge, you know. And and I think one of the last things that I want to, you know, talk and challenge the listeners on uh, is to find someone that either can influence you, mm -hmm. be that influence in your life, or if you're at a point where you feel like you see someone in your life you can put an influence on, yeah, I would do it. For sure. You know, whether it is your children, spending more time with them, teaching them something new. Good buddy. Or it's a good buddy. Or someone at work. <laughs> or it literally could be anything. You know, if you're, if you're feeling up to it, go join Big Brothers Big Sisters and yeah. go hang out with a kid. Whatever you know, it is. Whatever it is. Challenge yourself to either find an influence that's going to make you a better person or if you're at a point where you feel like you can be an influence on somebody in a good way, find a person that you could help. Yeah. You know? Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. Do it up. We're going we're gonna to come back for episode five. Uh, and we're going to, now that we've kind of shared our stories, we'll dive back into kind of more of a topic-based Yep. Uh you know, discussion, whether that's mental health or it's uh, careers, you know, whatever. We'll come back with something next week that's kind of, th that's new and, and fresh uh, now that we got the testimonies out of the way. Yeah. And, and you guys know about us now. And once again, if you have any suggestions on oh, topics, yeah. if you want to hear us talk about something or... Uh, you like what you hear let us know in the comment section yeah, or just or shoot us a text shoot us a text yeah uh, a dm because we love hearing from you guys whether it's you know public or private it's it it's encouraging to hear that someone is getting value out of what we're talking about yeah for sure um but for now that's it crooked, crooked sticks, sticks out, out.